Grumpy Old Geeks. A weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Well, let's see. Um, typically, my, my facial hair is a good bellwether of how my week is going. If, if things are going well, I, I tend to stay clean shaven. Right now, my mountain man beard bristles are, are brushing up against the microphone. So you've been a little busy? It's been a week. I wouldn't say it's been a busy week. It's just been a frustrating week. It's, it's one of those ups and downs of being an independent contractor and working for oneself. So it's a slow patch. Now, you, you, but you say you're an independent contractor now, but you've had a job. What's well, it, but it's not a full-time job. It, it's, it's a bigger part of my overall thing. And it, it's been, say, I don't know, 75 to 80% of, of my, my income and my, my work time this, this year. But, uh, yeah. So, ah, I see. I was confused. And, uh, you know, there, there's an expiration date on this particular gig. So, and uh, it's, it's coming up. So I'm starting to do the whole process of what am I going to do next? Oh, this is the that that gray time where you have to start shuffling up business before the the you got to you got to get tickets for the next train before the the current train you're on pulls into the station. Precisely. So that's good times. Oh, yes. I, I always hated new business. It's the worst. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's the one thing that that I would have um, maybe gone if I could go back and do anything. I would probably would have done some some business classes back in, in college to uh, kind of learn the the grip and grins and the and the how to do biz dev stuff. And, you know, again, I made a decision a long time ago not to to ramp up the company, but uh, a biz dev guy probably would have been a good idea. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe that would have been a good addition to the team. Yeah, yeah, but uh, oh well. Too late now. It's never too late. <laughs> well, according to a USGS scientist, it might be, especially if you're up in San Francisco. Uh, so you're talking about this Hayward fault thing? Yeah, but I mean, this is just lame. If you've grown up here in California, this is just uh, standard stuff. Anytime that there's a minor shake, all of a sudden, everybody is making predictions that any day now, we're all going to fall off into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So this is an article you posted from CBS up in uh, San Francisco. And I'm reading this and I watched the video. And what really struck me was they're like, oh, yes, it's this is due every 140 years. It's been 147. We're all going to die now. And at the very end... <laughs> Uh, Brocher said Tuesday morning's 4.0 earthquake was not likely to have much of an impact one way or the other on the likelihood of a major earthquake occurring on the same fault, which means you just wasted my time with this damn article. Exactly. Well, you'll notice I did put it in the show notes with to be monitored. I wanted to see if he was right or not. Oh, because you, well, you have some other things there that are uh, in between, so... These were uh, these were the other things were much more exciting. Uh, I was a little disappointed, though, because, again, just... This is our day and age now. Everything has to be blown out of proportion for a headline. Uh, and I'm a little sad that IFL Science did it because that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, they did post NASA has a huge announcement to make. Here's how you can watch live. And I think that was on Wednesday and NASA did the announcement Thursday. I was hoping for aliens. I mean, huge announcement. Come on. This has got to be some contact stuff or, you know, Matthew McConaughey has got to come out in a space shoot or something. <laughs> Man, I was just hoping NASA got funded. <laughs> shit that would be a major announcement wouldn't it yeah <laughs> but uh that that wasn't quite what happened it is still cool uh the kepler telescope they basically have a shit ton of data that's come in that they've all worked their way through and they basically found the most earth-like planet yet and not in terms of planet we've seen planets of the same size we've seen water etc cetera, etc cetera. 
but this in terms of uh, the same kind of general composition, plus surround rotating around a star very similar to ours at a very similar, well, slightly different distance because it's much bigger. But anyways, very cool. Earth 2.0. Earth 2.0, and I am ready to go. Maybe there's work there to be had. Well, it's only 1,400 light years away, so you better get started. Yeah, well, you know, I'll do some McConaughey sort of stuff. I'll bang around in some sort of uh, library and knock some books down, and maybe that'll get me over there. Okay, yes, right in sand and dust, and <laughs> maybe see you later. Yeah, so good times with all of that. Uh, one other article, this is always follow-up, because I always love this sort of stuff that I found was on Slate again. Uh, the real problem with asking Americans to work longer hours and uh, the real problem being most of us don't see what's wrong with that. I do. I sure as hell do. <laughs> and so does the rest of the friggin' world. We already know that we work a lot harder than almost any other comparable nation with the possible exception of Japan. Uh, but uh, basically, this is the political rhetoric going around Jeb Bush claiming that, you know, things would work better if Americans just worked harder because there's all these deadbeats sitting around everywhere. I don't know about you, Jason, but I, I'm working well over the regular 40 hours per week on a regular basis. Uh, so this is all some bullshit. And yeah, we've kind of been conditioned and, and trained to think that we should just always be working, 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 and we can always do more and work harder. And our quality of life sucks balls. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with that. Being a coder in the in my 20s, I was like, yeah, let's go, go, go. Let's, you know, make a gazillion dollars before we're 40 and retire and all that. And now that I turned 44 in like uh, two weeks, uh, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I, so I said to myself, but I haven't had a day off in two and a half weeks. I'm working 60 to 70 hours a week just to, you know, keep things on track. Uh, so yeah, if, if people say that we don't work hard enough, they can kiss my ass. That's right. You're not getting my vote. And the final article that I ran across that I think kind of fits in in our little follow-up section, or at least the fun part, this is, believe it or not, off Pop Sugar, which I don't think we've ever linked to before on, on, on this particular program. There may have been one or two in there somewhere. There may have been one or two. And mostly what caught my eye was, for some reason, the Breakfast Club just keeps popping up. Is there some sort of anniversary? Because I think there might have been. I, w I went back and watched it because we were going to do it for Does It Have Legs when, when, when we were still doing that. And... Uh, Man, that, that movie just didn't have legs. I watched for like half of it, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Oh, I still think it's actually quite good and pretty interesting, but I, that could just be a nostalgia thing. But interesting that you said it, you don't think it has legs, because uh, this article basically says that everything that we learned in the 80s, particularly from these movies, technology has completely ruined. Such and as? For true. Uh, we learned, well, basically it almost entirely focuses on what we've always complained about with the millennials and the younger instant gratification, instant answers, no time to savor things, no time, no patience. Uh, everything is on tap 24 seven. Uh, nobody focuses on any one thing on any time anymore. Everybody's always multitasking. And, uh, we didn't think we were the center of the universe and now kids do. Okay. Yeah. That's, they pretty much nailed that one. Yeah, it's a nice little article, particularly if you're of our age and kind of grew up in the 80s. But uh, yeah, it literally, it was the, just the Breakfast Club thing that caught my eye because I've just seen that image, the iconic image of the entire cast on every web page known to man for like the last three weeks. And I don't know why. So I'll have to look into that. I don't know if it's if it's uh, coming around now because it was um, when we were looking at it. Let's see here. Let's just look it up because we have the Internet. OK. Yes. Okay, so yeah, we're coming up on a major anniversary. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's past. It was uh, February 15th, 1985, so. Well, everybody's behind then. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. In the news. I 
I was trying to get caught up on the stories for the show today, and I saw that you posted a link of uh, a video from Russell Brand. So this morning I'm laying in bed. I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there trying to hold my phone, stay awake, not let it drop on my face. And it's uh, it's a video about uh, supporting black cabs in London and saying screw you to Uber. And it's like eight minutes long, and it was really good. Well, here's the thing with Russell Brand. I find him to be an annoying, cocky asshole. Uh, he pisses me off in so many ways. Uh, but some of his rants, some of his political rants are are fucking spot on. And there's nothing to be said about it. And I, I am able to separate the message from the messenger. Uh, at least he does it in kind of an amusing way. And yeah, I agree with it 100%. I, obviously, I, I am anti-Uber in many ways, shape, and form. But he basically says the same thing that I think you and I have been saying. It's about the money. And this is a real issue. And this, it's very specific to London in many ways because of the very strange way that the London cab situation has been set up all the time. Uh, but it's a really good video, and he's right. Yeah, I mean, he talks mainly about how Uber's owned by American corporations who like to shift their money offshore. So if you're using Uber, it's not going back to uh, like a UK corporation. It's going to us. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, if you give it to a cabbie, the money stays in the economy, the local economy. And that is true to a point because the Uber drivers still get money from Uber. You know, they're not Uber's not taking all of the money. So there was a little bit of a flaw in his argument there, but not much. No, not much of a flaw, but yeah, I agree with that as well. Obviously, you're, the people that are being employed to do this are are making money and spending it locally as well. But on a larger sense, in terms of the corporations, yes, the money is being funneling out. But so what? That happens everywhere now. That's that's a. I mean, we can say that U.S. corporations aren't exactly keeping all their money here. They're using tax loopholes and making themselves multinationals and basing themselves in places with lower tax rates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, no, almost none of it stays here. <laughs> A lot, it's all just corporate fuckery and trickery. Speaking of that, <laughs> let's talk about some corporate fuckery and trickery. Let's talk about Apple and their corporate fuckery and trickery. Uh, I love the title of this particular post. Uh, Apple is going to comical lengths to avoid saying how many watches it sold. And it's true. They, are, they have put, basically, when they release their reports on sales, they uh, put their, the Apple Watch under a, under a category called Other Products, which includes Apple TV, Beats headphones, iPods, and various accessories. Which it tells you right there how much they actually sold, if they're not even willing to break it out of a category. Yeah, but uh, it hasn't really seemed to matter. Let's, the stock price has been going through the roof still. There's, there's no slowdown there. And well, there was, a, there was a giant drop, not like last week. Yeah, yeah but it recovered. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 haven't been, I haven't had the heart to go look, because after I saw the I'm like, oh, man, really? Uh, didn't worry. And, and, you know, we all know what Apple product version one is like anyway. So I, I expect the watches will get better. And I never thought they were going to be a huge part of Apple's business. They're just another cute little product that kind of does the same thing that others do, but just not as well because it's on a tiny shitty screen. Yeah. And also it's a yeah, it is a first gen product and it's a, you know, non-necessary product. And you already have to have the other stuff. It is an accessory. So actually it should go under the other and accessory, you know, type as of thing. As he just ran through that reasoning, I completely agree with you. Yeah, because you still have to have the phone. If Apple sold earrings, same product category. Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Now, you put a, I don't know why you put this in here. How Instagram decides what hashtags to ban. Who cares? We should all care because this is the world we now live in. We, we live in a social media realm where people use hashtags to categorize and find things. This is, this is as important to me as the idea of Facebook basically becoming our news arbitrator. These companies are basically deciding what and what we can't see. 
I can't remember the last time I've used a hashtag in Instagram, if ever. That's because you're over 40. This is true. But I still, I still use Instagram all the time. I'm worried, I'm worried about the kids here, Jason. Well, this is a story for the kids. Okay, okay. Well, no, I mean, it, it ties in a lot with we talked about, you know, the, the farms in like uh, the Philippines and et cetera, et cetera, who are going through all of our sites for us and, and pulling things off. And this is an interesting article about how they actually do determine whether or not to ban a hashtag or keep it going. And I thought it was just interesting that it's, you know, some of it is automated, but they also have people that are basically just searching and then cherry picking things that are allowed to go through and aren't. And it's just, uh, you know, we think that this is just this gigantic free for all and we're creating it and it's all up to us. Uh, no, we have overlords that are basically telling us what we can and can't do. Well, um, since we're not paying for it, I have, <laughs> as we've said before, you know, you, you have to expect them to have some oversight when you're not paying for it. No argument with you about that. I just want to remind people that it is not the free for all that we all think it is. And uh, just speaking of free for alls and bad things that could happen. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible segue, but Comcast is in talks with BuzzFeed. Oh, God. That I, would just be like, that's that's almost like Austin Powers silliness if those two merged. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I would love to tell you more about it, but uh, unfortunately, the article's behind the Wall Street Journal paywall already. I know, which is crazy. <laughs> I put this on here 20 minutes ago, and I don't know. I mean, maybe you go to the Wall Street Journal more than I do, but it's funny because I put it on there. I was, you know, going through because they're talking to multiple media uh, new media firms. Mm-hmm. And I went back to go get some more uh, talking points about it. And it was up behind the paywall for me, too. So, I mean, you know, I, it is comical that BuzzFeed is one of the bigger ones up there. But of course, it would be. It's one of the more popular sites on the Internet right now. But at least they're talking device as well. There's something real. And uh, obviously, they're trying to create, you know, these different channels using all these sites that the kids actually go to. So it makes sense for them. It's It's horrible for us. We just recoil in fear. But it is what it is. Well, and well, I don't, I don't have anything from Comcast. I have Time Warner, but uh, yeah. so I've got nothing from Comcast. Thank God. And <laughs> I don't have anything, for, and I never go to BuzzFeed, so I don't have to worry about turning on my TV in the morning and have them like you know piping the latest from BuzzFeed at me. But I'm sure they'll still, just, it was just it's sort of channel. Yeah, I don't know. I just find it funny. It is. What is unfunny though are these. Dickheads with the drones screwing up firefighting efforts here in California. This is the second time in, what, two, three weeks the no, people with drones have done this? We had two in just the last week. We had the the one major one that was out at just a just a kind of a forest fire. And then we had the one where basically one of our one of our freeways went up <laughs> in flames here in, in California. And uh, they had a problem there as well. So, yeah, um, I, I you know, I think you listened to uh, to. Um, Adam Savage's uh, podcast tested, right? Oh, yeah. I listened to that this morning. His his rant about it was pretty good. Yeah, and I think it was a really good thing for him to do because, as he pointed out, I mean, they've talked a lot about drones and it being a hobby on the show, and it's like one of the first things that comes up if you search for drones. So uh, I think I, I think it was great that he kind of took on the mantle of being like, look, uh, there's no governing body. I'm not standing for anyone, but stop doing this, you fucking assholes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, nobody has died yet. Well, because, you know, that drone that can actually fire a gun has just started. Yeah, but before that, um, this is an interesting one that actually is on the Wall Street Journal and not behind the paywall. Let me check. Hold on. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I can totally read this one. Yeah, drone delivers medicine to rural Virginia clinic. So this was a test that they tried to, you know, send basically medicine by drone. And it it's it kind of worked. 
They, <laughs> they see some problems with it, but, you know, it's the first time that you had this kind of thing going, going on. So it's, it's neat that you can, like, you know, hopefully in the future, if you are stuck somewhere out in rural nowhere, somebody can throw you a drone with some medicine if you get sick and you need it. Well, not only just that, I mean, this this is a no-brainer, you know, the, what makes the news is the fact that Amazon wants to test drones to send you your packages. How about, you know, organ delivery? Yeah. It's a no-brainer for it. Uh, and by the way, uh, helicopter pilots, do you see the future coming? <laughs> but uh, I just like this because it's government approved. You know, this is like a major, major hurdle that these guys got over. Yeah. To get a government approved drone study. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I'm happy about that. Yes, now we get to the the idiot. Someone has figured out how to put a handgun on a drone, and what? and it fires and state restabilizes. Yeah, that's just awesome. Yeah, way to way to crap where you eat, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, we're human. This is what we're gonna do. Uh, you know, just yesterday, another mass shooting, and I don't like the idea of drones getting involved in this as well. No, no. Oh, and we can come up. You can come up with so many more horrible drone scenarios than just the guns. We've already done that before. Yes, we have. Gen- generally, with uh, C four and a cell phone is all you need with a drone, and you have you have some bad times coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we've talked about teledildonics and sexy toys on the show a long time ago. Did we ever get anybody to buy your uh, your 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 per- your personal tested toy? No, no, no. That is that is long gone. That oh, that's is, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> No, that thing is long gone. Um, and sadly, nobody bought it. Yes, that was my auto blow too. Is <laughs> no, no more. It is auto blown the coop. Uh, so on Gizmodo, they're talking about a new patent troll. Oh, God. Who is out there suing people. Uh, six companies are getting sued at this point over in a patent trolling company called TZU. Mm-hmm. For a second, when I first read it this morning, I was still tired. I thought it was TMZ. Thought- <laughs> oh, no, TMZ. Teasing you. That sounds like a perfect name for going after this particular thing. Yeah, so these guys have a super broad trolling, or trolling, <laughs> super broad patent uh, on teledildonics, which basically says anything that you can do that will touch your junk over a network that somebody else can control, they own the patent, you have nothing anymore. You're done. Give us money. Uh, yeah, I, the patent troll thing is a problem, and, and here's why. There may have even been some sort of legitimate patent here that that they could be going after but here's what happens with these patent trolls not only are they suing those companies they're also suing kickstarter because kickstarter enabled these people to start their companies yeah that one's a little uh, that's reaching well that's what these people do Mm -hmm. they're casting the widest net possible to get as much money as possible to hell with them when are we going to get legislation against this shit yeah and i mean the Oh, they got real touch too. Oh, yep, I remember them. They're, I don't think they're in business anymore. But the Kickstarter one, I'm su- I'm surprised more people aren't doing that. More patent trolls aren't doing that because it, as we've learned from the Adam Carolla patent lawsuit, it costs so much to fight these things that everybody's going to settle. And Kickstarter has giant bags of money. So, yeah, well, that's and that's why they get named. Good yeah, times. what a world. Security. I don't know if you've seen this one, Brian, but it's a Wired article that's been going around this week about hackers who have been able to remotely kill a Jeep on the highway with a guy driving it and nearly get him killed. Let me tell you, I I haven't actually seen the Wired article until you posted it, but I had seven different people send me various iterations of this article, and it's uh, basically even been on the Today Show. Uh, People are freaking out. 
Uh, yes, they are. And this just came out this morning. Uh, Fiat Chrysler is recalling 1.4 million cars over it. And hence the problem of the Internet of Things. Here's the thing that gets me. Okay, you have this Internet-connected car. Mm-hmm. You need to do a software update. Why do you have to recall the car to do the software update if it is connected to the Internet? <laughs> that, is some, that is some poor software development right there. If you have to bring it in and plug in a USB stick, if the car is already connected to the Internet and can download a patch. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I also don't understand why there aren't serious firewalls installed on these systems to basically separate what you're using your various Internet things to do, which is 99% of the time update GPS maps, uh, satellite radios, et cetera, et cetera, versus the actual system that controls the car. Yeah, these should be compartmentalized like they are with flight systems, mm-hmm. uh, which we at least think they are because there's <laughs> been the talk about that too. Uh, but yeah, the brakes should not be connected to the radio. Honestly, that's about it. No. Uh, the video is pretty pretty fun to watch uh, where they actually take the guy out. And I was like, I felt bad for this guy because he is literally on the freeway and they turn his car off and there's semis coming after him and he's like panicked and freaking out. And I would be too. And they're like laughing at him. They're like, oh, you can't do anything. Ha ha ha. When I got back, I'd have punched him in the face. Yeah, I know. I thought that was pretty effed up. Yeah. Like, you guys are dicks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Madison hack has been all over the place this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. man. It's, it's just, it, I don't really have much to say on this because it's been so, so widely covered, but dude, well, it, there's this, no way these guys are coming back from this. No. Well, the company is not going to come back at all. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see because, uh, you know, this, this guy is the guy that runs the company. I can't remember his name right now. Um, he's a piece of work. Uh, he's he's a Donald Trumpian type character that just uh, is full of, of of ego and he's not going to back down because apparently these hackers are basically saying, you know, take down and shut down your site uh, and we won't release all these names. And we're going to see how this guy, how this plays out, because that guy that runs the company is an asshole. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, what do you, what are you supposed to say? We all know if you're not aware by now that that anything and everything can be hacked. Well, ugh, shit. Uh, the interesting thing again for me about this is, is the discussions that I've heard about it on various podcasts and, and news sites. It's, uh, everybody kind of goes, Oh man, that sucks. But there's a glee and, and a certain schadenfreude that is just part of human nature where people are already starting to speculate what celebrities do you think will be on there? Oh, we can't wait until this comes out. And that's just the worst of human nature. And I like now that John McAfee's coming out saying this could literally destabilize society. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, this is not good. And, and, you know, people just, whatever. I'm sure there are people that have signed up for it as a lark to take a look around. And if this does come out, it could potentially ruin their lives. That that sucks. Yeah, I'm putting uh, this John McAfee one in the show notes because I I just found this. It's it's McAfee. I love this guy. He's he's, he's such a character. (laughs) But destabilizing society, uh, that might be pushing it a little bit far. Yeah, this isn't Fight Club, the musical. <laughs> Where's my soap? <laughs> um, uh, WordPress finally has a new security update. It's been a while for them. Mm-hmm. So 4.2.3 is out, and almost all of my sites updated by themselves. Uh, so did most of mine. Um, one comment I have to make, and this isn't connected to the 4.2.3 update. Uh, what's up with Jetpack by WordPress? That plugin 
never finishes updates for me. I have to quit out of it, go in, delete the, the maintenance file, and restart every single time on all my sites. That's weird. I've never had a problem with Jetpack updating. Really? It, yeah. it, oh, it always hangs for me. Yeah, not once. Um, I mean, Jetpack itself is kind of a bloated beast because they keep just yeah. adding stuff into it. I know. It's so it's so horrible. I mean, yeah. keep it on, but what are you going to do? There are a couple things in there that you really want, you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem, and you can't pick and choose. It's like, oh, I do want Brute Protect. Yes, I do like their, uh, their proofreading tools are actually pretty good. And iTunes. Hmm? Kind of like iTunes. A few things I really like. And everything else blows. <laughs> oh, poor WordPress. They were doing so good. And surprisingly, I was, I was mentioning this to you offline last week. It's been, knock on wood, there we go, me knocking on wood, it has been surprisingly stable. It really has been. I, I haven't had too many issues recently. Um, everything's been running shit. You know, it's just going to all blow up next week now. Yeah, damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. <sighs> well, at least I'll be busy next week. <laughs> yeah, but do you get paid hourly to fix your, your client's WordPress site? No. Nope. Oh, they don't even know that I do anything. That's the... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I got this one, and I figured it'd be fun to bag on Apple for a little bit. Mm -hmm. A friend of the show, John Chevron, sent this one in. This is an OS X 10.10 uh, dynamic linked library, print to file, local privilege, escalation, vulnerability. And this came out on the 7th of July. Right. Um, very small, uh, a very small vulnerability that you can literally fit in a tweet. Um, yep. And it will basically let the system write files to your system as root, even though you're not logged in as root. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's no patch out for it yet, unless you go to 10.10.5, uh, .10 which isn't out yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. So we'll see if they do a, a patch to go backwards and fix this one. But this one's kind of a scary one. It, it's Yeah, I mean, getting root access is, is not good. Yep. Um, yeah, link will be in the show notes if you want, because this is a kind of a, a down and dirty kind of article where it gives you a lots of specifics. And with one line in your shell, you can see if you're vulnerable. And if you're running 10.10.4, you don't have to bother. You are. Yeah, you, you basically are. Uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see if they put a patch out. I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not as aware of how often Apple does this compared to Windows, having been basically a Windows user for years and years and years and just kind of recently switched over to a, a lap. Uh, lap. <laughs> a Mac laptop. <laughs> uh, so, but I do know Microsoft does push out things all the freaking time. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. uh, download, if you're running windows, uh, go to our show notes, click on the link and go download this patch right now because windows also had a very severe issue and, uh, it's a remote code execution vulnerability and, uh, through windows, Adobe type manager. So open type fonts, which will basically allow people to take control of your system. So go install it immediately. Yeah, yeah. Man, why is it Windows and fonts have always had such a problem? You know, I don't really know that. It, but it does uh, multiple, multiple times over history. It's, it's been, it's been font related, which is so weird. You think they'd fix that shit? Yeah, I know. It's, it, I, I mean, it's always been either system fonts now it's Adobe fonts, but as we know, Adobe just kind of, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not right, good. Let's, let's blame Adobe. <laughs> it's always fun to blame Adobe. Mm -hmm. uh, can we blame human resources too? Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I was reading our show notes in the wrong order. Uh, Alternet has a great article about uh, our civil liberties and how human resources manipulates and spies on you even when you're not at work. 
Now, this is particularly uh, if you're working for a company that provides you, say, with your cell phone and laptop. There's all kinds of shit installed on there to basically supposedly just monitor your time and movements and activity. But, of course, they also then know if you're not where you're supposed to be or if you're doing things that you should not be doing or could basically turn on your cameras and see what you're up to and all that sort of stuff. But it's uh, it's actually become a thing now where even if you are using your own purchased equipment for your job, such as your own cell phone, they can basically try to force you to install things on, on your equipment that will allow them to do the same stuff. It's part of what you do when you take the job with people who like to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, I know we're in a world now and, uh, certainly an economy where, where jobs are harder and harder to find, but, uh, this is one of those situations where you need to take a good, long, hard look at whatever company you may want to be going to to uh, work for and see what their policies are on these sorts of things. Yeah, and some of it is actually implied. Like if you bring your own device and you're just using it for your own personal stuff outside of work, like if you go to the bathroom and you want to tweet, everything that you're doing, if you connect it to the company Wi-Fi, they're reading. Yeah, and that's always been the case. I mean, I remember back at some of the first jobs that we worked at, um, the IT department was always snickering and, and basically watching everything that everybody was doing. We, we didn't have policies about that sort of thing then, but uh, IT departments, especially back in the day, attracted a certain type of person, shall we say? Oh, yes, I, I know them well. <laughs> and one, here's, here's a pro tip for people who have iPhones iMessage goes across the network. It's not like text messages where they, they go out through your phone. I've, I have seen people, <laughs> this was, this was a funny one at an agency that I worked at that will remain nameless. Um, they were having a big culling and some people who were loyal to the people who got fired were still working there and they would send them some Intel on what's going on. And about 30 seconds after this one girl sent an iMessage to somebody who was on the outside security, walked through the door, picked her up by the arms, took her out of the building that yeah, fast, that fast. Because they, they just red flagged everybody in that department and they're just like, they just had a scrolling window of everything that was going by. And it's like, oh, oh, to him? Okay, let's go get her. Out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, they can literally just sit there and, and have somebody monitoring uh, everything coming through the network and, and just reading it straight up. They pay for the network. That's mm -hmm. the problem. You, you can't, you, there's really not much to fight back at. So you just got to know, know what your limits are when you're at work and kind of don't be stupid. Yeah, don't pull down your pants and try to send out a dicky. <laughs> uh, dickies, dickies are back. <laughs> so this next one comes from a friend of the show, Robert Patrick Lewis, who we've reviewed some of his books and I got to hang out with a little bit yesterday. Uh, he sent me this one, a self-censoring font redacts words the feds are watching for. Wow. Now, this kind of goes back to the problem with Adobe fonts is you can do like some programming inside of the fonts. <laughs> so this is a custom uh, open type font that it has a list of keywords. So if you're typing something, it will go through the list of 370 words that Homeland Security tracks, and it will just black them out for you. Just so it's, I mean, it's kind of like an art piece, mm -hmm. but I think it's pretty fun. You know, I'd like to install this and then make this my default fault for my browser and then just go through sites and take photos of, of what it actually, what they all look like. I think that's a good project for next, next week. That would actually be kind of fun. <laughs> and finally, in security, just because this is hilarious and uh, scrolled by uh, a few minutes ago, uh, butt dialers have no right to privacy, rules the court. So if you uh, butt dial someone and uh, you're talking shit about them, tough shit. Your fault. Yeah, well, yeah. But who, I mean, who butt dials with a touch, to a touch phone anymore? 
Do people uh, still butt dial? Can you butt dial with an iPhone? Yes. Yeah. It's actually happened to me more than a few times. It's kind of a weird, there's a touch sensitivity. I haven't actually butt dialed. Here's what happens with me. My gym shorts, for some reason, have some sort of capacity that, that really interacts well with my, with my iPhone, particularly if I'm a bit damp. So if I'm working out and I keep my phone on me because I'm using Argus to track, say, my workouts and my steps and all that sort of stuff, and I'm a little bit later on in the workout and I'm a little sweaty and it's in my pocket and I've not locked the screen, I will call people. I FaceTime people during my workout and I hear the noise and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it, it happens often. <laughs> um, okay, so here, here's a pro tip. <laughs> Always have your have your phone lock automatically and use the use the fingerprint sensor. Yes. Well, obviously, but, you know, even even people like me who know this thing will forget sometimes. So, yes, this does happen. I'm more interested in who the hell actually sued over this and what they did. Yeah, it was apparently uh, like somebody that left the phone on for like half an hour and the other people on the other side were just taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Oops. Comment of the week. Our first comment of the week comes from Cheese Goat via GrumpyOldGeeks.com. He said, I was listening to the podcast today and figured I'd answer the question about the Windows 10 upgrade because I was also wondering and came across this link in the show notes. Uh, what edition of Windows will I get as part of this free upgrade? When you upgrade, you'll stay on like-to-like editions of Windows. For example, Windows 7 Home Premium will upgrade to Windows 10 Home. There's a chart on the page, but it's pretty straightforward. Love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Uh, and I did go and take a look at it, and basically the deal seems to be uh, if you're running a genuine version of Windows 7 Service Pack 1 or Windows 8.1 update, then you get the Windows 10 for free dependent on the version, as, as mentioned, and it will be available for free for one year, after which point, if you don't have that or you've waited beyond the year, you will have to purchase it. So, oh, there's, that. Th- there's that then. And I also found a lo- uh, link from Rico talking about how the Windows 10 debut will be unlike any Windows launch before, and if you're into Windows stuff, it's funny because it kind of goes back to Windows 95 and Bill Gates standing there. So it's cute, and it's uh, it's an interesting thing because people are talking about how this could basically be the last numbered version, which it won't be because for marketing purposes, they'll always want to do bigger rollouts and give them names. So there you go. Are they going to exhume the career of Jay Leno to bring him out like they did at Windows 95? exhume the career jay leno won't shut the up he's everywhere really i haven't seen him since he left tv no i guess he's not doing tv much anymore i guess it's because i drove out to palm springs and he's doing all the casinos all the time oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the dude just doesn't know how to fucking retire no no that's pretty funny he ne- well he needs car money oh that's true he needs gas money that's why he's doing comedy because he needs gas money for all those damn cars he bought <laughs> so this next comment comes from ted drew smith Question, do you have any recommendations on remote login software? I use PCs at work and Macs at home. Um, so here's the deal. I use a product called Real VNC. It's basically a straightforward VNC server client setup, you know. Um, it's cheap, it's simple, and uh, although I see he's on Rogers.com, which makes me think he's in Canada, which means it's probably cheaper to just carry your computer to work with you and plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful of those bandwidth charges. And this is a friend of the show, Ted, who uh, runs reads chocolates. And uh, oh, I, the chocolates that I've never gotten. I see. I'd like to congratulate him on the birth of his second child, which occurred uh, just last week. 
Congratulations. Congratulations, Ted, and thanks for writing in. Uh, I actually don't ever use remote login software. Uh, I because I almost I keep basically all my mission critical stuff on an external USB drive and I unplug it and take it with me every time I go anywhere. Uh, but there is one situation in which I think I absolutely need to do this and I will probably be using real VNC and that would be my parents' computer because I am sick of getting the phone calls where it cannot be explained what is going on or what buttons were pressed. Oh yeah, that's it's it's key <laughs> it's key for technical support. I actually use it to log into my boss's computer who does all of the show recordings. And I'll go in and like check the settings and make sure everything's all set up. And, and if there's a problem, I can log in, see the screen, and actually just take over and fix what needs to be fixed. It's really helpful for that. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that next time I go down to see the parents. It's, it, it's really helpful. Excellent. And uh, we got some five-star ratings on iTunes, which we love. The first is from Pablo Lago, who basically just said, I really enjoy listening to this podcast. And the second comes from Dave Chandler, 22. These guys are right on the mark. Just found the grumpy old geeks. I can relate. All right, Dave. Sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> it sucks to be you. It really does. Because if you can relate, then you're probably on the wrong side. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks for all the comments. We, we really do appreciate it. Please do go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment if you like the show. Or you can comment at uh, grumpyoldgeeks.com or at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOG. Uh, Twitter, GOG Podcast. Facebook, we never see it because Facebook sucks. At the library. Last week, I covered X heroes by Peter Kleins. And I loved it so much, I dove right into his next one, which was Expatriates. I thought you were going to say I loved it so much, I bought the company. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but it's just as good as the first one. The story continues, and it's got more of a kind of um, magical twist in this one. And it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, the, the first one had a magical twist in it, too. But this one kind of goes along with that. And I'm really digging the series. I got two more to go, and I'm going to be bummed when they're done. All right. I mean, I'm going to have to pick this up and read it next week because uh, I am currently working my way through a book that uh, I still haven't quite finished yet, but uh, I was hoping was going to be really good and it isn't, which is why it's going so slow. And I finished Armada. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Ernest Klein. Um, I don't think I hated the second half as much as you did, but I was very disappointed by the entire book. OK, should we put in a spoiler alert here now? Yeah, let's do a little spoiler alert. So if yeah. you are if you are not trusting us and think you want to read this, uh, uh, skip ahead a few minutes. Yeah, skip ahead a few minutes. Okay, here's my problem with Armada. Mm -hmm. There's nothing original in this book. It is Ender's Game meets everything else, all mashed in together as a hodgepodge, and is so predictable and so silly that it was just it was um, impossible to like read and take seriously. Um. I tend to agree with that synopsis. There was absolutely nothing original. And that can be okay if the writing is good and if you're interested in the characters and there's compelling situations going on. You don't need to be original. This is a pretty standard science fiction trope that that we're going to have a lot of stories based on. You know, a uh, kid plays video games, has to save the world when the real people invade and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, that's the, the hero's journey. You know? Yeah, it's the hero's journey. So it doesn't necessarily need to be original. The problem was the writing was shit. It was terrible. And too many, you know, uh, cultural reference oh, shit uh, thrown Jesus in. Jesus Christ. If you pulled out the cultural references, this would have been a pamphlet. It would have been 10 pages long. <laughs> yep. It was 
relentless in the in the pop culture references, which weren't even done well. They were just there to be there to be. Look how clever I am. I'm sorry, man. I loved loved your first book. Your first book was amazing. I was so into the characters and I was so into the story, and it was written so well. I don't know what happened. I'm gonna have to go back and read that again just to get the taste of this one out of my mouth. Yeah, this is this is this was just bad. I don't. Yeah, this uh, this is what you never want to have happen. You never want to have such an amazing uh, uh, book being followed up by something that's just so crap. You know what this reminds me of, actually, is Daniel Suarez's third book, because I, I count, you know, Demon and Freedom TM as kind of one book because, were you know, there was there was a, a story in, that carried over to both of them. His yeah. third book made me feel like I did when I read this book, just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I was less disappointed by the Suarez one than I was by this because my my love for Ready Player One was considerably higher than than uh, uh, Suarez's earlier books. Um, not that I didn't like them, but I mean, Ready Player One was like that had managed to get up into like my top ten sci fi books of all time. That's how much I loved it. And this is just uh, God. Yeah, I, I, I again, like I said, I don't think you particularly hated the second half when it just became the story that we've already heard a thousand times. Uh, I had less of a problem with it again, because I, I'm not bothered by, by stories being rehashed by different authors. The problem was with the writing for me. Uh, it just never, it never consumed me. I didn't get that feeling that I get from any even halfway decent book, which is I'm going to stay up all night reading this. I was happy to put this down as soon as I got a, a wee bit. <sighs> okay. That's enough of that shit. Then I'm going to bed. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it did nothing for me and uh i'm yeah so. i just like i like the text i got from you he was like do i have to really finish reading this i'm like yes you do <laughs> i forgot i sent that to you that was like what at like 12 30 that was exactly what i was like i, I don't want to stay up and finish this anymore <laughs> yep yeah. and, I, and i totally forgot that um i liked the second book uh, expatriate so much i forgot that i rolled immediately into the third one excommunication mm-hmm. um so now I'm, I've only got one to go. And when I'm done with that, though, I am going to pick up. Actually, I already picked it up. I'm going to start with Bitter Seeds, your Ian Tregellis recommendation. Okay. You're going to love those. I think you're really going to love those. So, yeah, let me know when you get to those. And I am going to do the uh, Peter Klein's thing as soon as I finish the book that I will be talking about next week, which is equally disappointing. OK, um, I've got another one that I'm doing next week that I already started because I was looking for something uplifting because we're always so down on technology. What? I, I know I picked up Bold by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. I've heard about that. Yeah, uh, since I talked to uh, Stephen Kotler for a while on the Art of Charm podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go back and get his other books because I really liked everything I've read from him so far. And so far, I'm really liking Bold. Very cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that uh, in uh, next week's review as well. Software, apps, and gadgets. I meant to put this in the show a couple weeks ago because it was just so damn cool, and I just forgot. Um, this is a Bluetooth Star Trek communicator that looks exactly like the original series, works like the original series, has the same sounds and everything, and yeah. comes from, like, it's licensed. It's not, you know, oh. like a cheap knockoff. It's a licensed replica. Yeah. I, I bought it. I had to. It was 150 bucks. I pre-ordered it. I don't get it till January, but it looks so cool. I want it. It doesn't even ship until January. You gave them 150 bucks already? I know I'm an idiot, but I always wanted one of these. <laughs> and this is well, why I had a razor in the day, you know? Yeah, it does look beautiful. I mean, it is straight out of the 1960s uh, show. It's it's fantastic. Um, as cool as that is, I will wait and want the little um, the Federation symbol that I could pin onto my T-shirt and then push it and have that be a Bluetooth communicator. 
yes uh, the next generation version and i will buy that one yeah i will well i'll have the next gen one too if they ever if they can ever make that and make it small enough because that would be awesome yeah it would be pretty badass oh god we just nerded out a little way a little a little more than we usually do grumpy old geeks star trek come on yeah true true that all right uh for some reason, uh, uh, it, this was making the rounds this week, and I, I really can't believe that anybody didn't know this already. Uh, there's a link on Slate, and uh, there's a couple different people that have done the same sort of thing. The simple way to reveal an iMessage is timestamp. You swipe. Jesus Christ. Who doesn't know that already? I know. I mean, that's been out since, what, seven? It's just weird how some things just kind of hit the public consciousness and do the rounds, and I was just, like, shocked by it. So. Yeah, these these are the people that don't read the twenty seven cool things you can do with iOS after like you know the new updates come out. Right. So interesting. Um, and then Google released something called Deep Dream. Uh, I like the title of the article that uh, talked about it a bit over on Slate. Do Androids dream of electric bananas? Um, now, this is a very fawning article about this this kind of. System that they put out, and they're calling it dazzling, druggy, and creepy, and also the future of AI. It basically takes photos and and basically uh, it's generating psychedelic variations of these photos through a neural net or what's called deep learning. I went through, then we also have a link in the show notes to the article, as well as the direct link to the uh, web interface for Google's Deep Dream, uh, where you can upload your own photos and you can see the gallery of photos that other people have done. I'm not getting it because all I see are a bunch of fucking eyeballs and color swirls being posted on top of photos. Yeah, so, a bunch of my friends were doing this. If that's Google's deep dream. I'm not very fucking impressed. No, not really. Uh, well, you know, Google does watch everything that you do. So the eyes are kind of appropriate. <laughs> good. Damn good point, Jason. Uh, but people were posting these on Facebook yesterday and I'm like, what, are, what, what are, is this like the, the worst Instagram filter that they've ever released or <laughs> what the hell's going on here? So I'm glad you, glad you found this. Cause I had no idea what was going on. And, yes. and I'd like to point out that those, po- the pictures that people were posting using this, uh, zero likes on any of them. Well, yeah, because they're fucking weird and, and they're not very, you know, it's, if this were an actual artist, nobody would be paying attention. Um, I uploaded our logo. Grumpy old geeks uh, to the to the system. Uh, I did it about four days ago, and it still hasn't uh, done anything. The computer is still dreaming. <laughs> so, when and if that ever finishes, we will post that on our Patreon page, so you can see our logo with a bunch of eyeballs on it. Media candy. The new James Bond trailer has finally landed, and it looks damn good, man. Yeah, this is the second Spectre trailer, I believe. Oh, is it? I, I totally missed the first one somehow then. Yeah, the first one was pretty good. Um, this one's really good too, but this one has a little too much of the movie for my taste. Yeah, this is, well, this is something that's been happening with the movie industry recently, and I, I have a problem with it. But again, we're, we're old, and you've got to get everybody's attention from these millennials that can't pay attention to anything for five seconds. I like to be teased. I don't want to know everything that's going to happen. And there is a lot of the movie in there, but it does look really good. I mean, I wasn't so sure about, about this whole Bond reboot at first because I, I missed the humor. Uh, that was a big part of Bond for me. Um, but it, it is getting damn good, and he is a damn, damn good Bond. Oh, so. yeah, no, I was, I was hooked on Daniel Craig after the first one. Um, yeah. The second one, eh, not so much was good, but Skyfall was amazing. And the thing about Skyfall is the trailers were almost as revealing 
mm-hmm. as this one was, but it turned out to be like the first 10 minutes of action in the movie, you know? Yeah. So there was still a lot to, lot to be uh, seen in the movie. But yeah, it's been a trend for like the past 10 or 12 years where if you go to the theater and you're watching the trailers, like maybe half of them are going to give you the entire movie. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to see that now. So why am I going to go? You just showed me everything. Yeah, pretty much. So, oh, well. And Christoph Waltz, I'm I'm sure he's just going to be an amazing, amazing bad guy. Yeah, well, he, he just, you can't go wrong with him. No, you really can't. So, yeah, Germans. Uh, speaking of movies that maybe you're best off just watching the trailer that gives away the whole movie, I have to admit the concept really intrigued me about Pixels. Unfortunately, I know it's by Adam Sandler. So maybe just the trailer. And yeah, therein lies the rub. Therein lies the rub. And uh, there is a review on Salon. Uh, Pixels, Donkey Kong is the least of humanity's worries in Adam Sandler's latest desperate quest. And as, if you read this article at all, you will realize that this movie is just a stinking pile of shit, like everything else he does. Uh, once you're no longer a 12-year-old boy that gets off on almost seeing a booby and some fart jokes, uh, Adam Sandler has nothing to offer you anymore. For the love of God, people, do not go see this. <laughs> I, just d- don't. I don't care. Uh, of course, anybody our age is going to be, oh my God, there's there's Donkey Kongs and q attacking the planet and we have to fight against them. What a great concept. It's an Adam Sandler movie. Do not go see it. Do not give him any money. How the hell does this shit keep getting made? <laughs> well, Adam Sandler has a track record of making movies, so they're going to give him some money every now and again to go make another steaming pile. Uh, I think he peaked at The Wedding Singer. That was my last, the last movie he did that I actually really liked. Well, also, but, just remember how long ago that was and what age group we were leaving behind. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but I'm not going to say don't go see this because I haven't seen it. I'm not going to give a, you know, a, a, a command to anybody uh, without seeing it myself. But here's the here's the other rub. I'm not going to see it because it does look like they're just going to th- it. It's too many video game references because it is about video games. But it just after reading Armada, <laughs> I need to get out of that kind of mindset for a while. And I just don't I have no desire to see this movie. Yeah, I really don't either. I, I originally I did. I read the the review, and I definitely do not have any, not even the slightest bit of interest. So, so uh, here's one movie that I will say don't go see. <laughs> well, I agree with you on this one. Yeah, this is After Earth, the Will and Jaden Smith vehicle from uh, 2013, directed by M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, which yeah. I didn't know he directed it till after it was over. And when it was over, I'm like, oh, that explains a lot about why I didn't like this movie. <laughs> Yes, I think this was the first one that he did that did not get the tagline from the mind of because everybody realized that that would just mean nobody would go see it anymore. So they tried to sneak it past us. Yeah, what was that last one? Airbender that he did? Ooh, uh, dude, that was terrible. I don't. Yeah, I, M. Night Shyamalan and, and Adam Sandler should get together and make movies. Well, the interesting thing is I got a text from friend of the show, uh, MXV, as he's recovering. He watched the entirety of Wayward Pines that new M night uh, TV miniseries, he was raving about it. So I might, might have to give that a shot. Okay. But here's the thing, because that's a long format thing. And, and I've heard quite a lot about it where it's kind of twins, twin Peakians, and there's a big mystery and it's never been the lead up for M night Shyamalan that sucked. It was the payoff and we're not going to get a payoff on this show for, for, for two seasons or, or however long it stays on the air. So it's going to be really good, really good, really good. Then the end will come and we'll be like, fuck, are you kidding me? Well, yeah. I mean, after signs, 
where the entirety of the alien invasion could have been thwarted by turning on your sprinklers. Yeah. That that right there. <laughs> I'm just well, like, uh, dude. Again, you know, it's uh, beyond his his first two movies, which are actually pretty good. The payoffs have always sucked. And uh, so you're telling me that a show that is just a bunch of intrigue where you don't know what's actually going on or what's going to happen. He's got a track record of really screwing that up. So I doubt it's going to be good. It's going to be one of those situations where you've invested all this time in the show. And then you're sitting there watching the finale and you just throw a bottle of whiskey in the TV. Uh, The Battlestar Galactification of TV. Exactly. (laughs) I just want him to make Unbreakable 2 and 3. He just needs to get the money. Somebody give him the money to go do that. Never going to happen. Nope, never going to happen. Moron of the Week! This one should have been in security, but I figured Moron of the Week worked better because uh, apparently this is a longstanding pattern for this company. Uh, LifeLock. Uh, They're back in the news? You've heard them on many a podcast. Oh, yes. Jesus. Being pimped and, and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, unfortunately... They once again failed at their one job, protecting data. Yeah, according to a complaint filed in court by the Federal Trade Commission, LifeLock has failed to adhere to a 2010 order and settlement that required the company to establish and maintain a comprehensive security program to protect sensitive personal data users and trust to the company, which is their job. Yep. Uh, I don't know why anybody, after their original screw-ups, why anybody would use them, but I guess, you know, people... In the the unwashed masses would see that and go, oh, I need that. I need protection. It's brand awareness, and they're certainly spending all their money on advertising instead of security. So they're doing what they do to get people. Uh, uh, Luckily, their stock price has now dropped over 50% from $16 to $8 following the news, and I'm hoping that they're not going to be around too much longer. They can uh, can merge with Ashley Madison. (laughs) Yeah, that would be very funny. And uh, the other moron of the week would be us. Okay. We are morons because Coca-Cola made a bet that we would be stupid and it paid off for them. They have made smaller size Cokes, charging pretty much just about the same amount for them, and we're buying them and buying more of them. We are dumb. Okay, so yeah, we've gone from a 12-ounce can to a 7.5-ounce can. Yes, and the price has not dropped accordingly. It still sound, it still it sells for over the price that it should be for the drop, and we are buying those, in, but we're just buying more of them. We are dumb. Uh, well, fortunately, I'm not dumb because I haven't had a Coke in, oh, like eight years. Yeah, me either. Ooh, fancy! Fancy! Ooh, fancy! I generally don't click through Facebook ads when I see them mm-hmm. because mostly my ad blocker catches them. But now they've got them so cleverly embedded that I just can't get away from them. Mm-hmm. And this one I saw is a Discworld t-shirt for my love of Discworld. It looks to be a completely unauthorized uh, artist's rendering of some of the main characters flying through space on the turtle with the elephants. Yes. And it comes through Teespring, and I couldn't help it. I bought it. Oh, okay. And this is, uh, this is almost like a Kickstarter-y thing for t-shirts? Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is get a minimum number of pre-orders, and then they'll make the shirt. Yeah, and then don't bother getting the licensing for whatever you're making. Because, you know, why? Well, the th- interesting thing about it is there's nothing specific that says Discworld on it. They are, this is just an amalgamation of characters and their, you know, their version of what these characters look like. And they do call it Disc. Yes. Discworld. So you can see all the tricks that they're using. Uh, they also have their Google campaign ID showing on the... Oh, no, that's not a Google thing. That's probably an internal thing for Teespring. I'm sorry. I've never looked at Teespring before, so this is all new to me. Okay. But uh, it, I thought it was a cute shirt, so... 
It's a cute shirt. I I think I've gone past the point. Uh, I barely even wear band t-shirts anymore. I don't think I'd be purchasing this and wearing it. Although, you know, maybe sleep in. Who knows? Something to wear around the house. You know, just to show your love for the disc world. Or when you go to a con. Because I know you go to so many cons. If you ever feel bad about your job and you're feeling kind of crappy and like, what am I doing with my life? I, 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 I'd tell you to go take a look at this link that we have in our show notes. The least meaningful job in America, according to Payscale. You'll feel a little bit better. Okay. What is the least meaningful job? Oh, I, I don't really want to step on it. Yeah, I think you have to go and look. But uh, there's a couple different variables that they take into account here. But uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, especially when you start to read through the studies, because they start talking about how like pilots and flight engineers uh, don't feel that they're making a difference uh, in the world, even though they're really kind of are. They're moving us around and, and expanding the world and blah, 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 blah. Uh, software engineers, um, coding heavy jobs. Basically, we feel like shit all the time. Shocking. Shocking there, yes. So, yeah, that's one of the worst ones. Uh, parking attendance is the absolute worst. Yeah, I was looking at that. It just reminded me of Mike from Better Call Saul, and that's why he's always so depressed and grumpy. Yeah, pretty much. Almond milk, complete scam. Well, I could have told you that. Almonds don't have tits. Almond. <laughs> Shit. That was fucking funny. First one of the show. Uh, almond milk, uh, almond breeze hardly contains any almonds, and a class action lawsuit is currently going. So I will be signing up because I bought that crap before. Sucka. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, if you're lactose intolerant, you don't really care what's in it. <laughs> it's true water, man. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't add water to my coffee. Well, you, you can. You can have iced coffee. Then you're just adding frozen water. That's true. I love a good iced coffee. So I will be doing that. Anyways, it's, it's just another scam. So good times there. I love it. Almond Breeze has no almonds in it. And the last thing I found was from the Jive, which is a fun site that I like to look at every now and then. Minimalist posters showing what your brain looks like on drugs. Uh, it's a visual thing, so you're just going to have to go look. But I would actually hang all these around my house. I love them. They're pretty good. I They're like them. Funny. This is, uh, this is good art. Closing shout outs. I love soccer. Oh, really? I wouldn't have guessed. I, I know. Even with all the problems of FIFA that John Oliver has so wonderfully cataloged for all of us, all of the issues, I, I, I love the game, and I love the competition, and the Gold Cup is currently taking place, the CONCACAF Gold Cup, which is basically the association of the Caribbean nations, North America, Central America. Uh, we have our big tournament, and you know one team will win, and there's various reasons to do it, and uh, you get benefits if you're the winner, etc. The U.S. bombed out. They got beat by Jamaica and what was basically the worst defeat that we've suffered in years is our team was actually starting to get pretty good and then it just fell apart and Jamaica deserved a win. Now, the uh, the other game, the Panama-Mexico game for the final, now that, this is everything that is wrong with soccer and just makes me sad. This game was a fucking travesty. Uh, all hell broke loose. The Mexican fans were pelting the Panamanian players with with beer throughout the entire game. So good on you, Mexico. What an awesome display of, of sportsmanship. Uh, and the ref basically destroyed the entire game and handed it over to Mexico. So uh, there's a great article if you're interested in all. Um, and you can scroll through it. You can see the horrible calls. You can see the players getting pelted. And you can see the headline of, an, of a newspaper in Panama the day after the game fucking arbitrio so yeah good times 
So uh, the the sport I love is just continuing to get pelted and and suffering due to uh, a bunch of idiots and uh, who the hell knows what's going on. But it's it's just not good. So my closing shout out is to me not being happy. <laughs> Way to end the show on a high note, Brian. I love it when you bring the happy and the joy and the fun and the energy. <laughs> I told you I had a, I have a big beard right now. That's that's never a good sign. <laughs> So I I don't have any closing shout outs this week because I've had my head in uh, basically my headphones all week editing. So I'll give a shout out to uh, my favorite audio editor, Sound Studio, because it makes my life much easier. That is very true. It's a great, great sound editor. Yeah, I had to use Logic for recording most of the stuff because it doesn't do multi-tracks. You can't do more than two tracks in Sound Studio, yeah. which sucks. If they made that thing multi-track, I would never open Logic again. <laughs> but logic is great for doing, you know, multi-track recordings when you've got a bunch of people on a podcast and you need to record everybody. That is very true. It's what it's for. And it's better than audacity by it's worth, you know, it, since audacity is free, everybody's like, Oh, I love audacity. I had more problems with that steaming pile of crap than any other software I've seen in 10 years. So if you're, if you're an audacity person and you have a Mac, just, you know, suck it up, drop the coin, get logic pro. Wait, spend money? Spend money. But if you don't need multiple tracks, more than two, go with Sound Studio because it's cheap and it's awesome. Yeah, Sound Studio is absolutely fantastic as an editor. So, can't beat it. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can find more about me at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time. Ooh, stereo. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars. Tell a friend about the show. Music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky, who I'll be having dinner with tonight. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud, which you can get to by going to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 120. Hey man, at least we're not podcasting from a parking lot.